it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, this is Jason Chaffetz. I'm filling in for Jimmy, who is off in Long Island today. He's out at the Paramount Theater there in Huntington, New York, uh, on Long Island. He's filming a special for uh, Fox Nation, his comedy. So you want to see live comedy, Jimmy, in person. I don't know that there are any tickets left, so you might want to contact him first because I think this thing is sold out. But that uh, Jimmy's out there prepping for that, and so I'm honored to be filling in. And, uh, oh, my goodness, there's lots of happening in the world uh, today. Uh, lots happening out in the world. So let's get after the most important things, and uh, let's kick things off and obviously talk about junk fees. Are you kidding me? The president of the United States, the, all that's going on with the biggest terrorist attack we've ever seen in Israel, and the president of the United States decides to do a presser and uh, an event on junk fees after having a barbecue with the executive staff in the Rose Garden? These are the types of things the president was doing? Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to give like zero time to the junk fees. Important issue, big issue. Affects a lot of people, ticks off a lot of people. But right now, with everything going on in the world, probably not the time to be talking about junk fees, Mr. President. Um, obviously, uh, this this uh, day of rage, as it's called, um, people, I think, on, on pins and needles here a little bit, um, you know, being the day that it is um, in Friday uh, the 13th, um, and worried about those people that are standing up for the Palestinians. Will they? Will it turn to violence? Um, will people on either side of this equation actually lash out? I hope not. I, I hope that's not the case. Now, obviously, what's going on in Israel right now? Israel giving the warning, asking the United Nations and pleading with others to say, we need to clear out about 1.1 million people in the northern part of the Gaza Strip because guess what? They're going to come in and clear up. They're going to come in and take care of business. They're tired of taking um, all of the shelling, all of the killing, and the unprecedented terrorist attack that is happening here. The slaughtering of women and babies and children and innocents. Uh, the way the, the um, Hamas surged across the border and inflicted terror and pain is just unbelievable. Like, there are not words to truly understand and grasp the gravity of what was happening there and the terror that it inflicted, not only on a whole nation, but across the globe. Uh, The Jewish people under attack for simply practicing and wanting to, you know, adhere to their religion of being Jewish. And it's fundamentally totally wrong top to bottom. It is savage. It is inhumane. I cannot say enough strong words about it. But there are so many people that um, should needlessly, they just, they should not be killed. But I tell you, if you're in that Gaza Strip, um, you need to get the heck out of there. Now, reports are coming out. I don't know how true they are that Hamas is holding back people as human shields and not allowing them 
to get out. Obviously, there's going to be a great deal of confusion. The Israelis dropped leaflets saying, you might want to evacuate because uh, we're coming in. There's a key difference, by the way, in how Israel and uh, deals with things versus um, Hamas, the terrorist organization who just inflicts terror randomly um, in saying, look, we need to clear the way here. We are going to come in. They've given that they're in the midst of the 24-hour notice. Uh, nobody knows exactly when and how they're going to come in. But I think this is going to be an unprecedented clearing of the northern part of the Gaza Strip. Now, I think an interesting part of this news, and we got guests along through these uh, next few hours that we're going to talk to about this. But uh, where do all these people go? There's over 2 million people on the Gaza, in the Gaza Strip. Not all of them are part of Hamas. Not all of them are terrorists. Not all of them are, are bad people. But they live in a bad part of the world who was the centerpiece of the location of where these these uh, terrorist attacks were launched. I don't know where they go. I don't know how they get out. Um, if it, if Egypt is not taking them to the, to the south, where these people go? And I do think it's striking. There are a number of articles out there about the uh, lack of support from the Arab world um, in offering uh, refuge for these people. There are maps. There's all kinds of stories out there um, that, uh, you know, where, where do all these people go? Obviously of keen interest to the United States of America and also of keen interest to Israel are finding the hostage, hostages and being able to extract them. Now, the U.S. has moved two carrier groups uh, into the region. Um, there are personnel that are specifically trained in the United States military to deal with this. Finding them and then getting in, extracting them successfully is an incredibly dangerous situation. I can't imagine anything, the booby traps, the, they know that the, the hostage takers know that Americans and, uh, uh, Israelis might be coming in to take them. And to, to uh, clear them out. Um, but they've got to be on edge. Whether or not there are booby traps or other things set, I, I don't know. But you can one can imagine. You know, sometimes I think uh, most Americans, we get, we get a lot of this vision uh, by watching movies. And uh, this is not just like a movie. This is the real thing with real lives on the line. And God bless the men and women who are tasked with uh, such an incredibly difficult and dangerous things. They're willing to put their lives on the line to go out there and, and get these things done. So much going on with that. The other thing that we're going to be talking about here along the way uh, is you cannot extract yourself from the discussion on immigration here in this country. Uh, it was reported just yesterday that, um, and there's reporting out today, uh, from Griff Jenkins, uh, Fox News reporter, who had confirmed that two men uh, in the mid-20s from Lebanon were caught trying to come across illegally in Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, why would two men in their mid-20s from Lebanon be trying to go across the border in Lebanon, in, in, East, uh, in Eagle Pass in Texas? Don't know who these people are. But there have been millions of who have been invited by the Biden-Harris administration to come into this country with no consequence, free education, free health care, free everything, 
No, no deportation. Just come on across. You know, you're supposed to go through a port of entry, but they don't. And the human trafficking, the drug trafficking, and then the people on the terror watch list. It's just stunning numbers like we've never seen before. Heaven help us. I hope, I hope that doesn't lead to anything nefarious, but it is highly suspicious because not only are we worried about Hamas and what they've done to Israel and the Israelis and Americans by taking Americans kid, uh, kidnapped, and the number of Americans now killed, I think the number is 27. I want to make sure I get that 100% right. The attacks that they've had on Americans and the hostages that they've taken uh, of Americans. But to the north in Lebanon, uh, you have Hezbollah. And, you know, some strong warnings from the United States. I wish they would do it with even more clarity and more severity. But making sure that those people, uh, Hezbollah as a terrorist organization, doesn't also engage in lock-in. And I think that's why... We have such a strong U.S. military presence there. Circling back, so to speak, uh, to President Biden. I thought his comments in sincerity and expressing condolences was good. I'm not, you know, in times of war, you want to rally behind your president, whoever that president is, because you want them to be strong. You want them to be um, resolute and you want them to be able to Take the biggest, baddest military on the face of the planet and use it in a righteous way to get things done. But I thought it was malpractice to not mention Iran. And we're going to have to talk a lot more about what's going on and not going on with Iran. Because if you look at where the money flows, if you look at where the money, where the, the expertise flows, the training flows, the weapons, the weaponry that's Iran. We're going to be talking more about that. Stay with us. We got a lot of good guests coming up here on Fox Across America. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hey, this is Jason Chaffetz filling in for Jimmy, and uh, appreciate you joining us on Fox Across America. Um, We're thrilled. We've got a lot of uh, things going on, but we're thrilled to have Ben Klein, the congressman representing Virginia's 6th congressional district. Uh, Congressman, thank you for joining us on Fox Across America. Jason, it's great to be with you. I know you wish you were back here in the uh, chaos uh, that we're all enjoying right now. Yeah, you know, once upon a time I was in Congress, and uh, I can tell you right now, <laughs> I'm not really missing it. Not not right now. Um, I don't blame look, you. I don't blame you. Meeting down in HC5, which is the room that uh, the House Republicans are meeting on in the basement of the Capitol, um, is 
quite the experience. Um, you have these not so comfortable chairs, a fairly small room. Usually in the back of the room, they've set up some sort of food or whatnot um, and drinks. And that's where people can go up to the microphone and have their discussion. Usually where leadership um, be, you know, makes their announcements, talks about what's going on. But it, with the uh, void and the lack of leadership, I can only imagine what those meetings are like. Austin Scott has now said that he would like to be a candidate for the speakership. Uh, Jim Jordan is back in that race uh, since Steve Scalise is out. Congressman, what do you hear is the latest and what happens next? Well, we're waiting uh, to have candidate interviews. That's an important part of the process, to have a candidate forum. And, and we're going to have that at 1 o'clock. And that's actually written into our rules as a must-have with not even an option to waive that. So uh, uh, Elise Stefanik, who's our conference chair, is doing a good job of kind of managing this circus. Uh, Patrick McHenry, our temporary speaker, is is here as well and uh you know tempers are hot everybody's upset uh everybody wants to do the business of the people and get on with electing a speaker jim jordan has put his name in i'm i'm very grateful to him for doing that um he is my judiciary chairman and has done a great job there but uh i want him as speaker and so i and a number of others have pushed him to put his name in the hat and austin scott who is another colleague from georgia uh, is going to run against him, and and uh, you know there's there's nothing wrong with a choice for for members, but I, I do support Jordan, and I hope that he will emerge uh, with the votes necessary to move forward to the floor. Help us uh, understand. Now, I I've been highly critical of the process. I think it should be much more open and transparent. I think there should be a debate. I think there should be. Uh, I think the. I think uh, how members vote for each person in the conference should be something that people say publicly and do they get to see that um and on both sides of the aisle by the way not just in this in this particular situation but nevertheless um one of the the conflicts within the the conference is should you have to get the required 217 in conference before you go to the floor but others have said no no that's not the way we should do it you have matt gates and marjorie taylor green among others who are saying no, we should we should have this out in the open, but we should do it on the floor. What, what, where are you at on this? You know, the floor uh, is for all to see, and so when the votes are being cast, you have to stand up in your seat and and announce to the clerk who you're voting for for speaker. So there's no question, uh, right. and you do it in front of everybody, and and that is ultimately uh, the way that it's done. And and when we nominate a person. You know, there's a question of whether you try and uh, iron out some of the differences within the party before you take your united candidate out there. Um, I think to the degree that we can work out some of our differences in the conference, uh, that's helpful because what the Democrats do, they're like the Borg when it comes to party unity. They, they're, they're automatons. They don't ha allow any dissension. They don't okay. allow any. So when Hakeem Jeffries is up, he gets uh, every round, he gets speech after speech extolling all of his liberal virtues, his great progressive agenda. And, uh, you know, in, we need to be united behind our candidate uh, to make sure that they are elected speaker at the end of the day. So some of it can be on the floor, but some of it does need to be worked out in conference just to make sure that we're unified as a conference. Now, last time we had this vote, Scalise versus Jordan, um, Jordan got 99 votes. 
Um, obviously, well shy of the 219. Is there a point, do you think, members say, hey, we, as long as you're pretty close? I mean, does he need to be up where McCarthy was near 200 in order to go to the floor? Um, probably uh, in that range because it was pretty evenly split with Scalise. Uh, you had a, a 99 yeah. votes for Jordan. Corey Mills also said he would vote for Jordan. He's over in uh, Israel right now uh, rescuing, helping people to get out of Israel. Uh, fantastic patriot uh, there. But uh, and, and Scalise had 113, but three of those were delegates, and they don't vote on the floor. So really it was 110. So when you look at it that way, it's pretty well split. Scalise backed out. So now Jordan hopefully will make up ground, and hopefully he will – uh, convince a lot of Scalise supporters in conference today that he's the right candidate for the for the time and, and will uh, carry our conservative agenda forward. Now, Jim Jordan was supportive of Steve Scalise, saying he would help nominate him on the floor and whatnot. Is Scalise returning the favor, so to speak? And is now that Scalise has dropped out, is he getting behind Jim Jordan? You know, I don't have confirmation on that. I'm hopeful that we hear from uh, Steve Scalise, and I hope that it is uh, positive in favor of Jim Jordan, positive in favor of unifying our conference behind him. I, I can tell you who is uh, actually supporting Jim Jordan, and that's uh, former Speaker McCarthy, uh, who has said, you know, it's time. It's time for us to move forward. We have uh, really crises going on around the world. We have an administration that is feckless and adrift and not addressing uh, the crisis in Israel, the crisis uh, with Iran uh, appropriately. And so we need a leader. And so he's getting behind uh, Jim Jordan saying now is the time. Congressman, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what's happening in Israel and uh, the alert essentially that people are feeling and uh, that are under with this uh, so-called day of rage that, uh, that some have called for. Um, Hamas backers and uh, Palestinian uh, backers. In 45 seconds or so, what's the latest from your vantage point on what's happening uh, with this terrorist attack that happened in, in Israel? Well, they, they are horrendous attacks. We've seen on social media the, the degree of uh, the depths of depravity to which uh, these Hamas members have gone attacking children, attacking elderly, uh, and and Israel is within its right to defend its territory, to take the fight to Gaza, to make sure that they eradicate Hamas, eliminate Hamas, and uh, and regain some sovereignty over their country, over their borders, and make sure that their people are at peace. Here in the United States, we have a lot of uh, people who are are worried. And Con Congressman, uh, I got to cut you off. We have a hard break. Um, Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia, thanks for taking time with us on Fox Across America. Good luck to you today. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Hey, this is Jason Chaffetz uh, filling in for Jimmy, and uh, really glad that we've got uh, Joe Concha joining us, uh, calling this for the Messenger. He's a Fox News contributor and a good friend, and uh, thanks so much for joining us today. JC, JC here. Good to talk to you, and you're doing great on radio. Maybe this is the future for you, you know, hey. not just a TV star, but uh, you know, radio. I love radio. I love it when uh, I, I keep telling Jimmy, I think you look tired. You need to take a vacation. Or now, you know, he's got his, got his big show he's doing tonight uh, for, a, for a Fox Nation special. It's coming up later in the year or after, just after the first of the year. But uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, there's a lot going on in the world. And I kicked off the show by saying, hey, you know, we should tackle the biggest things first. And maybe what we should do is let's, let's talk about junk fees. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Because that's the president was faced with that decision, and that's the decision he came up with. Is this the most tone deaf, just childish administration? Biden's not making these decisions, of course. So there's somebody behind the scenes that is kind of orchestrating the presidency, right? And it happens with a lot of presidents in terms of okay, we got to make sure the optics are right around X, Y, Z, right? There, there are people that literally have jobs to help shape a narrative, and all we know is that. Israel gets attacked in the, the most horrific way possible. We don't have to state the obvious uh, the, of our lifetimes, perhaps, in terms of w- yeah. what those Hamas terrorists did on Saturday. And then on Sunday, what does the White House do, Jason? They have a barbecue <laughs> in the Rose Garden with a friggin' live band. Like, what? you cancel that. I mean, it's not hard. And then with Biden's in Philadelphia today talking about Bidenomics, and then in between that, we got to see him in front of uh, the White House talking about junk fees for, for, for travel. I mean, I mean, I guess they're annoying, but right now you put everything else aside and and you are solely focused on getting Americans home that are held hostage and nothing else. And instead, they do this stuff because it's like they can't get off the script. Like we had this plan for a while. We can't pivot. They can't pivot because they just can't. Yeah, we mentioned it in the State of the Union. I remember scratching my head saying, really, of all the things out there, you're going to talk about junk fees? Okay, if yeah. that rises to the level of the presidency. And then he picks the worst possible day to actually do it. All right, I want to come back and talk more about Israel for a second, but I really want to talk about the speaker's race and what's going on there. We just had Ben Klein, the congressman from Virginia, on. Um, I saw this great tweet from Representative Mike Collins on X, and he said, we should just have a lottery. If you lose, you have to be speaker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, I mean, I think the way you st- stabilize this, if they can't get the votes for Scalise or for Jordan, then honestly, somebody who's close to Donald Trump says, look, step in for a couple months while we figure this out, so at least we can govern. Then Trump which would be the greatest thing ever. You, hold, you have Trump do this until the State of the Union, right? And at the State of the Union, can you picture this, Jason? you got Biden up there. He's talking about how great the economy is and how secure the border is. And then there's Trump making faces behind him with the, with the Trump face. And then at the end of the speech, he tears it up like uh, Pelosi did with him. And then the next day, he's running impeachment inquiry against his 2024 opponent just from it i know that wouldn't be good for the country but from an entertainment perspective jason can i just have that please uh, you know i forgot i did i you know you make a really good point because if he were the speaker the state of the union would be i mean talk about must-see tv joe biden has a hard enough time reading a prompter and standing for an hour hour and a half let alone having Within arm's length, Donald <laughs> Trump right over his shoulder. That is a that is a good optic. That yeah, that, that would be highly entertaining. Yeah, Next I don't to know Kamala too, right? So that would just be. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
They'd have to shake hands, I they guess. They would get along, right? They would be such – they'd be buds. They'd well, be... They're, I mean, they're so similar in so many ways, right? Oh, no, that's right. And, and Kamala Harris, by the way, getting this puff piece in the New York Times, uh, the Atlantic runs a piece on her, this whole rehabilitation of her image. There is no rehabilitating her image, right? It, it, it right. was sown in the American psyche in 2019 when she ran for president and was polling like fifth in California, right, <laughs> for that primary. So she drops out, and she blames sexism and racism. And now we're seeing it all over again – where people are saying, oh, everybody's just giving Kamala a hard time because of sexism and racism. It's like, no, they're giving her a hard time because hundreds of people are coming into this country from places like Yemen and Syria and Iran and Iraq and in the Middle East in general, where we don't know who they are, and, and they're of special interest to the FBI. They're on the terror watch list, and we just keep allowing it to happen. So that's why, at least if you were to ask me, what do you think of Kamala Harris? I, I look at just job performance. I know her speeches are incredibly hard to follow and incoherent, and you know they make for good fodder, but I always base people on their record, and right now her record on her number one job, which I guess is no longer her job, uh, that's what we're greater on. Nothing to do with sex or race, that's for sure. No, you're absolutely right, and, and as this crisis unfolds, She's nowhere. She's doing nothing. She went out and stood by the president there for a moment. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen or heard her do anything. It's certainly not a voice, um, you know, in, in, especially in the light of some of the Democrats. You've had a number of Democrats come out and say, you know, we have an anti-Semitism problem here on with Democrats. And I think it's true. You see what's happening on the college campuses. You see what's happening with uh, the members of Congress who can't seem to utter, you know, words of of sympathy and calling out those who would behead little children, innocents. Um, Democrats have a real anti-Semitism problem. They do. And it's not like, hey, Jason Chaffetz, former congressman, Republican, Utah, he's making a partisan argument. These are quotes. right? <laughs> they are actual right. quotes where Elon Omar talks about Israel hypnotizing the world, saying it's all about the Benjamins baby. We all know what that means. Rashida Tlaib, obviously, you have Hillary Vaughn from Fox asking her a very simple question. Do you condemn Hamas terrorists beheading babies? And she can't even speak and say, of course, that's wrong. It's horrible. I condemn this fully. She runs away from the reporter. So we could go on and on. But what's permeating on our college campuses as somebody who has young kids scares the hell out of me. Because you see at Stanford, for example, they just fired a professor. Thank God they fired him where he actually split the class up into Jews and non-Jews and then told the Jews to go stand in the corner and then says to them, that's what the people of Palestine feel like. What the hell? That's Stanford? That's $80,000 a year going to pay my kid to go there? No way. And obviously what's going on in Harvard, 31 groups blame Israel and excuse Hamas over what, what happened. And then I looked, Jason, because I'm writing about this for The Messenger on Sunday, what is the breakdown as far as professors at Harvard? How many consider themselves conservative and how many would consider themselves as liberal? And the college paper actually did a survey on this, and good for them, asking that exact question. Seven said they were conservative. 183 said they were liberal. So you oh want to know where these God. kids are getting these crazy ideas about Hamas and Israel. That's where it's coming from. Seven? Seven wow. out of out of 190, I get if it's 60-40, all right, it's Northeast, it's Massachusetts, it's an Ivy League school. But, my God, what is that, 95-5? I don't know, not good at math, but the ratio is incredible. And so that's the people that they're hiring. So that's, this starts at the top. You could go after the students, and you should, because they're, they're old enough and they're smart enough, obviously, to get into a place like Harvard where they should own their own words and their own deeds. But in the end, this is what they're being taught. So, you know, some of the blame has to go around here. Yikes, yikes. Let, let's go back to the president. We're talking to Joe Concha here 
Um, and Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time, but I want to go back and, you know, when, when Joe Biden actually did speak, I want to go to cut number nine because what he said, um, really created more confusion than it actually solved cut nine. I've been doing this a long time. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever. Anyway. Anyway, he had to walk that back because the media said, well, can we see those pictures? What pictures did the president see? And it ends up, guess what? He said he didn't actually see those pictures. Why would he do that? Because he's not with it anymore, Jason. And, and I resisted for a while going down the whole. I, I'm not going to use the word dementia because I'm not a doctor and I haven't analyzed the president. You know, my, my wife is, but, you know, she hasn't either. But at this point. There is a reason why this is the most protected, homogenized president that we have ever seen. You know, he hasn't done a press conference on U.S. soil, solo press conference on U.S. soil since last November. There's kind of a reason for that, right? He's a guy running for wow. president. You would think that he, they would put him out there to take questions. He's not done one interview with a newspaper reporter since taking office, right? He's really? so hidden because they know if you put him out there and he goes out a teleprompter, you're going to have moments like this. And it's not like they're one-offs because I, I, I can excuse any public figure that's in the spotlight every day. They're going to have, they're going to misspeak once in a while. This is every day, right? And if he's the golf starter at my local golf club, then fine. That's a good job for an 80-year-old who wants to stay busy. This is the commander-in-chief and president of the United States. And and he's obviously not there anymore compared to where he was even a couple of years ago. Meanwhile, the backup plan is Kamala Harris, who we just spoke about. So at this point, it's like we're governed by children. We really are, or, or old people who don't have it anymore. Either way, I've never had less confidence in the leadership in this country in my lifetime. I don't know about you, but at least under Bill Clinton, I felt that, put Monica aside, the guy was competent. He had a pretty competent staff around him, guys like Larry Summers. Uh, but now I, I, I don't feel that way at all. Um. Last thing I want to ask you about, again, we're talking to Joe Concha. Let's play cut 15. I think one that uh, a lot of people are scratching their head about is John Kirby. He came with a lot of credibility. You can see yeah. why the White House wanted to put him out front. But then Martha McCallum asked him on the story, and listen to this exchange. Does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It, could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's, I don't know how more existential you can get to that, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of but the John, world. You mentioned he, he said it was more frightening than a nuclear war. Is that it's more frightening than a nuclear war in this moment? The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet. That's just science. That's a fact, Martha. But it doesn't mean that we turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world. Your thoughts, Joe. John Kirby's going to need a chiropractor. You know, I mean, he just twisted and bent so much not to stray from the administration line. At last check, Jason, you're, you're a smart guy. Uh, we're not scientists, but if a nuclear bomb goes off or there's nuclear war, 
What's that going to do to the climate exactly? Yeah. So I, yeah. This, this is what I mean that we're governed by children. And I have said on Fox and in print that I always thought that John Kirby should have got the job as press secretary after Jen Psaki left because obviously we see what we get with right. uh, cringe right. Jean-Pierre. But now even I'm like – because I thought he had credibility. But now I'm, I'm almost – I listen to this and I'm like, ugh, he's just another swamp guy. He's just another guy who's out there to spin and, and not be straight up with the American people. I get that's his job, that he can't contradict the president. President. But uh, I don't know. I didn't think I'd ever call John Kirby phony, but he's a phony, just like all the rest of the people in this administration, like Blinken and Sullivan right down the line. Well, let's play cut 33. This is John Fetterman, Senator oh. John Fetterman. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like sometimes sometimes you literally just can't believe like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the the government here it's 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 actually scary he kind of missed the irony there didn't he sometimes i hear people like this and i feel sorry for their dog you know jason uh let's let's unpack that for a moment all right the guy that was in a hoodie again in shorts incapable of wearing anything else says that america is not sending their best and brightest to washington dc on that front i agree with them the problem is when you think of the textbook example and the picture that you would put next to that statement in the dictionary or any any chronicle of this would be john fetterman literally i mean put the stroke aside for a second and he has trouble speaking and and processing things all right this is a guy before the stroke who lived with his parents until, or at least lived off his parents until he was 49 years old. He has never held a private sector job in his life. And he's talking about the best and brightest going to D.C. And by the way, who are the people in this audience that go to see Colbert or, or, or The View? You know, like, ha, ah, ha, that's great. Yeah, it's true. And, then, and not one of the audience be like, yeah, but you're John Fetterman. <laughs> you're yeah. saying this. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, Pennsylvania is completely falling apart uh, under this senator and that governor. And that's why you see a poll now with, with Trump up nine in Pennsylvania. If that sticks even remotely close, Jason, you know how it works. It comes down to five states, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. Trump wins three of those five. He's president again. And if he's up nine in Pennsylvania, then it's lights out. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, you bring up a good point. I could keep talking to you all day. Joe Concha joining us on Fox Across America. Thanks again, Joe, for joining us. We'll be right back. Always fun. Thank you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Hey, this is Jason Chaffetz filling in for Jimmy. We got just a couple minutes before the top of the hour, but I want to go to the lines. You can dial in, by the way, 888 888- 788 Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Alex, what's on your mind? Hey, Jason. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm concerned uh, about this jihad day. I know everything is from above, and I believe in God, but I think there's a responsibility that people have, you know, to be on the lookout for any suspicious things and, you know, to be responsible. Even though the FBI yesterday came out and said that they don't know of any terrorist threats facing the American people, but I'm not very confident um, in them knowing that when we have a open border with uh, over 4 million gotaways already uh, and 12 the people 
people that were caught were on the terrorist watch list. We don't know where these people are, how many of them came in here, um, and what they're up to. There's no way of getting any of this information. Yeah. So, you know, you really need to be on the lookout, and we wouldn't know about any threats. And I think that the American people, it's for our you know security that we obliterate Hamas in Gaza because they're sending messages to their folks uh, that I think are here in the United States. And if we obliterate them, we can, you know, kind of limit the damage. I hope we don't have any damage. But, uh, you know, the Israelis, I think they have an absolute responsibility to protect their people by knocking out these Hamas folks. And it's kind of like if someone goes over to you with their child in their hand and starts shooting at you and tells you, oh, don't shoot at me. I got my child. No, you got to defend yourself and shoot back at these people. But then you have Rashida Tlaib who says, oh, she's back in Hamas when Hamas is killing their own people by using them as human shields. How crazy can you be? She should want uh, for the safety of her brothers and sisters that these terrorist organizations should be obliterated and back Israel to actually go through with this and, and get rid of Hamas. But I guess the hatred that she has for the for the Israeli people, um, and maybe even for the American people, goes beyond any love that she has for her brothers and sisters, the innocent Palestinians in Gaza. Well, Alex, listen, thanks for, thanks for sharing that and calling in. I know uh, you, you listen to the show and, and appreciate that. You, you, I think you're absolutely right. I think the uh, everybody does need to be on, elite, on alert, uh, unfortunately. It's sad. And in part of it is a consequence of having an open, porous border where there are literally millions of people that have been human trafficked, drug trafficking, coming into this country. We don't know who they are. I'm sure a lot of them are really good, decent people. But breaking the law, coming in not through a port of entry, that's breaking the law in this country. And as Griff Jenkins from Fox News reported yesterday, two men in their mid-20s from Lebanon were captured in Eagle Pass, Texas. These are fighting age males in their mid-20s by themselves. Um, Why is that? What would two males from Lebanon be doing? Interesting, isn't it? Uh, I also thought it was interesting that that, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib, I saw some meme out on the X that I thought was fairly interesting because not only did it have the Palestinian flag, but she had the gay pride flag. And and the, the 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 post that I saw online said, well, who's going to tell her? Because the way um, they treat people who choose to um, lead a gay lifestyle, they, they'll they'll take their heads off, they'll kill them. They they they're they are not exactly gay friendly uh, to say the least. But their attack on Israel on people based on their religion. The attacks on Jews, because they're Jews, that phenomenon around the world, it does scare me. And we need to be on alert. We cannot stand for that. Our hearts and our prayers and our thoughts and our resources, I think, are going to go to help the people of Israel. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. just heard a gunshot and uh, they're yelling at people to get out of the area. You can see the soldiers get down, get down, lay down flat. Lay down, lay down totally flat. You can see things are very tense here. There were two gunshots and now they have someone on the ground. Go back right now. Very tense right now as these soldiers appear to be arresting 
a Palestinian man. They have him in handcuffs right now. And you can see they've blindfolded him. They have captured yet another militant who entered from the Gaza Strip. It gives you a sense of just how unpredictable all of this is. That's Trey Yinkst, uh, the Fox News reporter on the ground there in Israel as this uh, fighting and this war is uh, has begun. And um, as the is Israel prepares and um, is responding, I should say, in real time, uh, I did a podcast. I have a I have a podcast called Jason in the House, Jason in the House podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I did an interview with him um, a, a, just a couple months ago about who he is and growing up and his desire to be a, a foreign correspondent. And boy, he is in the thick of it right now. Um, Israel is now crossing the border into Gaza with some limited, um, it's put out there as l- some limited operations. You obviously have seen a lot of bombs going off and shells uh, being uh, uh, thrust into uh, Gaza, taking out strategic targets. Um, and reports are that obviously the Israelis, uh, of which the United States also has a keen interest in helping to find uh, the hostages who must be in the worst kind of peril you can possibly imagine. Um, Israel is you know, striking Hezbollah, Lebanon positions right now. So you have Hamas down on the Gaza Strip uh, as the terrorist organization, but up on the northern border, you would let you know with Lebanon. The concern is that they too would engage in a big, full throttled way, um, and Hezbollah, that terrorist organization, has a high degree of capability. Obviously, the Israelis and the United States have far greater superiority in terms of firepower and technology and whatnot. Um, but uh, Hezbollah has been shown to um, use its assets in a nefarious way to cause all kinds of terror. And so reports are breaking now that uh, fighting is uh, breaking out near the Lebanon border as the war is escalating. The United States has moved to two carrier groups. Um, One of them is the USS Eisenhower moving in. To proximity, I've actually been on the USS Eisenhower. I went out with that carrier group, um, spent the night on the carrier. Um, it is an amazing feat. What the United States can do with its aircraft carriers, nobody else in the world can do. Russia can't do it. Chinese can't do it. It can stay in perpetuity along with its destroyers and its cruisers and all the supply chain. And they can uh, launch attacks and bombard uh, targets in perpetuity nonstop. No other country can do that. They usually have to go back to port and then replenish. But I saw this operation on how they they replenish in real time right off the coast. And obviously the firepower that can come off a carrier group um, is just unprecedented in the world. Um, And so the USS Eisenhower, um, as well as the Gerald Ford and all the people, I hope... We take time to recognize all the men and women who are in support of and are on the front lines um, in a very tumultuous and dangerous uh, type of situation. Um, and I hope we understand how how devastating this actually is. Let's go to cut three. This is Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. 
The world has just witnessed a great evil, the deadliest attacks on civilians in the history of the state of Israel, and the bloodiest day in Jewish history since the end of the Holocaust. So make no mistake, the United States will make sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself, and Israel has a right to protect its people. There's also, I think, a need to eliminate Hamas. Uh, this is Nikki Haley, presidential candidate, uh, uh, obviously the former governor of um, South Carolina and her role as the ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley cut five. I have actually been in Israel and seen the tunnels. I've been on the border of Lebanon and seen the 130,000 rockets looking back at Israel. I've been on the border of Gaza. I've been in at um, Ida refugee camp. I've actually seen how the Palestinians live. I looked at the buildings and saw the graffiti that said, kill the Jews, hate the Jews. I've worked with organizations that the UN funds that I stopped US funding that would actually have textbooks and they would have math problems. Like if you have five Jews and you kill four Jews, how many Jews are left? Wow, absolutely stunning um, how inhumane uh, the Hamas is in what they're willing to do at the ends that they go to. Now, the real practical issue is uh, the untold number of Americans in Israel. How do you get them out? Um, how do you get them out of harm's way? Uh, uh, this, the administration at every hour that goes by has been tardy at best. It's just absolutely unbelievable how poor they have been in terms of coordinating in any sort of uh, rescue effort or evacuation process. One of the most irresponsible things I heard from John Kirby, the White House spokesperson on this topic was, well, just go get a ticket. You know, you just go to the airline counter and buy it. Uh, they don't have commercial, like, you know, airlines like Delta Airlines, uh, British Airways, these people, they're not flying out of Tel Aviv right now. That's just not happening. It's unbelievable that the response the White House is, well, go buy a ticket and then you can fly out. That's just not the way it's working right now. We saw how bad they were in Afghanistan. And this is a whole nother level, a whole nother group of people that want to get out of harm's way in what is turning into a raging war. And this administration is falling down on itself. And I find it amazing. You know, yesterday, the New York Post, they put up a. Uh, an X. What do we call that? I don't know what we call that these days. A, formerly a tweet. Um, and this is what the New York Post wrote. ICE admits record 5.7 million migrants to, in the United States. Biden wants to provide, quote, medical services, housing, end quote, to all. And yet we have Americans in Israel that want to come home to the United States. They can't get out. And this administration is doing nothing that is literally where we are in this in this situation and it is so bad you have a congressman who is actually there in israel working to get him out and he's doing so by the dozens but at least he's out there doing it and making things making things happen so absolutely stunning how poor this administration is in terms of prioritizing the evacuation of Americans who want to come home from a war zone that can't get out. And uh, it, 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 it's absolutely stunning. So 
I know that there's a lot happening here. It is very tough. It is very difficult. Let's listen to cut six. This is President George W. Bush on how difficult it's going to be about going into Gaza. Going in the neighborhoods of Gaza is going to be tough. And, you know, he's got a he's got a very seasoned military, but they just called up 300,000 reservists, most of whom probably can't fire a rifle. And to the extent they'd be put in harm's way, it's going to be awfully difficult on the prime minister. But he's got to do what he's got to do. I mean, these uh, you're dealing with cold-blooded killers. And you can make all kinds of excuses why they are, but they are. And his job is to protect this, protect this country. And uh, anyway, we'll find out what he's made out of. Uh, I think we already found that out. Um, taking a nap, not even responding in the first nine hours until uh, he was actually on the phone, you know, the next morning, the next day. Uh, it's, it, it's sad that we have uh, such a feckless leader right now in President Joe Biden. Yet we all want to rally behind him. We all want him to do well. We have to have a president who is highly capable to take the fight to the enemy. For for him to go out and give those comments and not even mention Iran, really, really just malpractice on his part. I'm Jason Chaffetz in filling in for Jimmy. Stay with us. We'll be back with more right after this on Fox Across America. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, it's Jason Chaffetz filling in for Jimmy. And, you know, Jimmy likes to keep it light and have fun. And uh, he's out in uh, uh, out in uh, Long Island, uh, Huntington, New York, uh, at the Paramount Theater tonight, recording uh, a, a Fox News special that'll be out. And uh, But, boy, he, while he likes to keep it light and have fun, he's one of the funniest guys I know. Uh, this is a hard day in the world. It's a difficult day. You know, i got this day of rage. Um, we've had thousands of people die um, after these uh, terrorist attacks that happened in Israel. And sadly, uh, words coming across that a Reuters uh, video journalist was killed in Lebanon. Um, in fact, uh, the video was, was going. He was, he was showing in live time, live streaming what was going on and then uh, lost his life. Um, it's very dangerous, very tumultuous situation. Now in uh, the southern part of Israel, I've actually been to these areas, Starat. Um, I've been there. I I went to the police station um, where you can see all these mortars through the years that have come across. But as that war escalates, we have to be vigilant about what's happening here in our own backyard. And um, I'm really worried about particular southern border, but also our northern border, um, about the mass of people that have come across our border illegally. And somebody who knows a lot about that is joining us right now. It's Mark Bronovich. He's the former attorney general for the state of Arizona. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, thank you so much for joining us on Fox Across America. Well, Jason, it's uh, great to ha- be on here again. And thank you very much uh, for always you know, being a great host to me. So thanks for having me on. No, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, let's listen to Cut 34. This is Governor Ron DeSantis. Obviously, DeSantis is the governor of Florida. But listen to him talk about his need, the need for the president to reverse his southern border policy. I would also ask the president to consider reversing his policies on the southern border. We are vulnerable when you have all these military-age men coming in. Do you think that our enemies 
have not been looking at that weakness. We know people from Iran have come. We know people from Russia have come. Uh, we know China and other parts of the Middle East. That is not good for the security of this yeah. country. Israel probably has the strongest border security in the world, and yet this happened to them. Your thoughts? A couple things, Jason. First and foremost, I think what's happening in the Middle East right now, what's happened in Israel shows and demonstrates once again what I've said for years is that, look, nature pours in a vacuum, weakness invites aggression, and this demonstrates more than ever the need for a secure border and energy independence and the importance of the Second Amendment. And to me, and I know you and I have talked about this over the years, it's just so patently ridiculous that when I literally wrote the first legal opinion saying what was happening at our southern border constitutes constituted an invasion, when I talked about hundreds of thousands of people, the gotaways that are largely males, 18 to 35, wearing camouflage, all black, seeking into the country and how this is going to be a threat, how we had a record amount of people on the terror watch list infiltrating our country, people said, oh, you're being racist. Oh, you're demagoguing this issue. Oh, you're exaggerating. And my fear, Jason, and what keeps me up at night, and I know you got a family, you got kids, is that our kids are going to deal with the consequences of this for years to come as a result of Joe Biden letting the cartel seize control of our operational border. They're going to turn Mexico into a narco state, and literally hundreds, if not thousands, of terrorists and gangsters have come across our border just this year, Jason. Yeah, we've been reporting. Uh, Griff Jenkins had reported, you know, Fox News uh, reporter does great work down there on the southern border that uh, just yesterday, um, two men in their mid-20s from Lebanon were caught coming across in Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, you know, some people, and we're talking to Mark Bronovich, the former attorney general of the state of Arizona, really one of the foremost experts on this topic, you know, if you want to come and claim asylum, you're supposed to go to a port of entry. You're not supposed to go between the ports of entry. But talk to us about how these coyotes, these drug smugglers, the cartels, why they want to bring him in between the ports of entry. Yeah, and because they, one, is they're making record amount of profits, they're making thousands of dollars off of everyone they smuggle into this country. Um, two, it allows them easier opportunities to smuggle drugs, dangerous drugs like fentanyl and opioids um, across our border where we know just last year more than 100,000 Americans died. So they are making the record profit. These are often individuals um, not through the ports of entry where they know that those are more dangerous individuals, gang members, um, you know, people that have uh, mean ill for the United States. And one of the things, Jason, that I have talked to people about, and I, I heard you, the clip you just played of Governor DeSantis, and, you know, I'm glad that people like Governor Abbott are finally declaring invasion. I'm glad people like Ron DeSantis are repeating some of the same lines that, you know, you and I have talked about, that, you know, every state is a border state. But here's the reality. I am surprised no Republican candidate for president is talking about the fact that under federal law, you know, Title VIII USC, you know, 1324, there was a case just last year where the U.S. Supreme Court upheld that statute. Why isn't any Republican talking about prosecuting mayors, Democratic mayors, Democratic governors that have created sanctuary cities? Because I would argue that if I were the Attorney General of the United States, what they should do is prosecute those individuals for facilitating and helping 
uh, you know, essentially providing comfort and aid to people that are breaking our immigration laws. And the Department of Justice is the, you know, federal government has that exclusive jurisdiction. So state agencies can't prosecute, you know, uh, people for breaking the federal law. But the federal government, if you had a Republican president with a solid Republican attorney general of the United States, they could actually bring criminal cases against anyone that's providing aid and comfort and facilitating uh, breaking our immigration laws. And I think a really strong legal case could be made that these mayors in places like New York City and in Chicago and you know in California where they declare sanctuary cities, that that is in essence a violation of you know Title Eight of the U.S. Code. Well, and it's it is fascinating. The only thing that seems to have gotten these big city mayors' attention is now that these people that are here illegally uh, start coming to their city, they need housing, they need you know shelter, they need food, they need um, yeah. medical <laughs> services, education, yeah. and the, and now they're overwhelmed. Well, but they and, asked and for it. Look, the, 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 look, the migrants are being offered food, shelter, health care. And our federal government has decriminalized people entering the country illegally. And so anytime you incentivize and decriminalize any activity, you're going to get more of it. But I think it's the height of hypocrisy because remember last year when this happened and, you know, Governor Santos or Governor Abbott had sent like 100 migrants or something to Martha's Vineyard. Right. You know, they, the, the left was clutching the pool. Oh, my God. And remember they said they were going to investigate them for human trafficking and violating right. laws. But now <laughs> that they get a few thousand that Arizona's had to deal with. And, you know, so many times over that all of a sudden now it's a crisis for them. And it just just goes to show you the intellectual bankruptcy and dishonesty of the left. And as you know, James, I'm a first generation American. I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with immigration. Mark, 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 we got a hard out. We got to go to commercial. Mark Bronovich joining us here on Fox Across America. Stay with us. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. this is how we find ourselves in this place american failed leadership uh he, he, we did make very clear i communicated i wrote about this in my book some i communicated directly with qasem Soleimani with the ayatollah we said if you kill an american if you touch an american we're not going to come after your proxies whether they be in lebanon or syria or iraq or in the gaza strip we're coming after you the perpetrator of the crime against Americans. And this administration can't say that because they've underwritten this. They gave hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority, terrorists themselves. They gave uh, billions of dollars in sanctions relief to the Iranians, allowing them to ship four million barrels a day of oil around the world and profit from that. Now, this administration failed in their Iran policy, and now they've got to figure out how to avoid what we know is coming next, a continued Iranian effort to undermine not only Israel, but the United States of America and the very Abraham Accords that had built out stability and peace in the region. Stability and peace in the region. That's right. Uh, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, former CIA director, he was on with Harris Faulkner on the Faulkner Focus on Fox News, uh, talking about how we got to this spot. And he believes it's because of a lack of leadership within America. There was a sense of appeasement. There was a sense of, yes, we're just going to you know, be nicer. We're going to allow all these millions of dollars to flow and then billions of dollars to flow into the Iranian government. But the ties between the terrorist organization of Hamas and Hezbollah 
is so well documented in their relationship with with uh, Iran, um, and, and yet somehow the Biden-Harris administration believes if you're just nicer to terrorists and Iran, guess what? Everybody will be nicer to you. That ain't the way it's working. And so here we are. We find ourselves in this precarious position. Thousands of people have died. Americans have died. Americans are held hostage. And now the situation is, what do you do about it? And uh, it's a dangerous time right now in the world. Um, Didn't used to be that way. But the policies of the Biden-Harris administration, I believe, have made the world a more dangerous place. Well, we're uh, we're glad to have uh, Joe Pinion on. He's a former U.S. Senate candidate in the state of New York. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us on Fox Across America. Always great to be with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, look, you're a New Yorker. Um, you know, we got this day of rage, as it was put out, uh, where people were asked to rise up and do what they're supposed to do. I don't know what kind of code that was, but what's the atmosphere like? What What are you thinking? What's your perspective? Uh, well, look, I think in the many ways, in the aftermath of of these attacks, I mean, in many ways, you're proud to be a New Yorker in other ways. I've never been more disgusted to be a New Yorker. When you think of babies having their heads chopped off, when you think of all the things that have happened here uh, with, with just list by list, with New Yorkers in some cases taking to the streets to support uh, what Hamas has done over there, it should make your stomach curl. And I think if you go back to 9-11, when so many of us went out of our way to remind people uh, that, yes, Islam was religion of peace, that most of the Muslim world did not support the actions of al-Qaeda. And yet here we are in the 2023 America, and those same individuals uh, who we tried to have that message for are now out here somehow equating what Hamas has done um, with what they feel is the plight of the Palestinian people. It's a sad day for New York. It's a sad day for America. And it is undermined furthermore by the fact that many of those people are actually elected officials in New York City proper. Uh, I want to go to cut 10. This is Trey Yankst. He's a uh, Fox News reporter who's on the ground there in Israel. This is from a day or two ago, but this is Trey Yankst uh, walking through um, uh, one of the places that was attacked by Hamas. You can see the floors are stained with blood. It was Saturday morning around 7 a.m. When militants stormed this village, you can see the weapons they brought with them, extra ammunition, bullet holes in the side of the house, and knives on the floor. This was the scene. This kibbutz, this community over the border with Gaza is littered with bodies. It is completely destroyed. It looks like some of the buildings were hit with RPGs, explosives, and beds covered in blood, the kitchen floor covered in blood. It is the most horrific thing I have ever seen. It's such a sad and unnecessary um, scenario, but that was what they decided to do is invoke terror. And that terror is not just confined, confined to that southern part of Israel. That radiates out. There are people today worried about their, um, their own personal safety. Uh, I saw some, certainly not official, something that, but, you know, National Conceal Carry Day. Everybody beware. You know, the FBI coming out and telling people um, to be extra vigilant 
um, a New York City policeman are, are all to report in uniform. Um, you have members of Congress who have been sympathetic to Hamas and um, the Palestinians in general who uh, were given briefings evidently by the Capitol Hill Police about their own personal safety. But it doesn't have to be this way, Joe. Look, I think we have to remind ourselves that we have to get it right every day. The terrorists only have to get it right one time. Uh, it was 19 madmen that came over here uh, that took down those towers, uh, a day that we vow to never forget. And yet everything this Biden administration has done um, has been, to your point, a measure of appeasement. I mean, these people, they make Neville Chamberlain look like Margaret Thatcher, uh, because any, any way you want to slice it, uh, from the fact that he was supposed to be the wise person who was the co-pilot for Barack Obama uh, when he got on that stage against Mitt Romney and said uh, that America has less horses and bayonets, mocked uh, what happened uh, with Russia. Now, fast forward, Russia annexes Crimea. Fast forward again to now Joe Biden is president. And here comes Russia again uh, going into Ukraine. Uh, it is this level of weakness that has been demonstrated, uh, the disastrous and embarrassing exit from Afghanistan after so many Americans uh, laid down their lives and their blood. All of those things tell our enemies that we do not take the business of supporting our allies seriously. We do not take the business of supporting Americans seriously. And from the Americans hiding beneath the floorboards in Afghanistan to the Americans who are now dependent on our own civilians to go over there and rescue them now in Israel, this administration has betrayed the memory of those who gave what Abraham Lincoln called the full measure of devotion in service of this nation. And this nation has betrayed our allies time and time again by a waffling and a equivocating down to the Secretary of State calling for a ceasefire when you're actually not talking about a war. You're talking about a heinous terrorist act committed by people who don't even actually have reverence for the Palestinians. They have reverence for the blood and slaughter of the Jewish people in conjunction with Iran and an Ayatollah that wants death to America. We're talking with uh, Joe Pinion, and um, it does radiate at, back to Iran. Um, Iran has been this state sponsor of terrorism. Let's listen to Condoleezza Rice, the former. Um, it, it, let's listen to her. Uh, she was on with Hannity uh, the other night. Cut 20. I would start by saying that, uh, yes, Iran, a state sponsor of terrorism, uh, bears uh, some responsibility for what has happened. I know there are questions about how directly were they involved, but, you know, we know that Iran is the major, the, the primary funder of, Hezbollah, of, uh, of Hamas and uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They are the trainer of uh, these groups. Uh, and, of course, they were celebrating in Tehran when this happened. So uh, how to deal with uh, Iran? Uh, I think it starts with isolating them. I think it starts with what actually the Biden administration has done. I think sending the carrier battle groups uh, into the region uh, is a good idea. But uh, this should really uh, erase any notion that the Iranian regime can be dealt with. That is the big question, is how do we deal with Iran, but why feed them the billions of dollars that we have? Well, look, any person on Main Street right now, if they have a bank account with Chase or with Chime or even the banking fintech company, Dave, uh, they'll send you $100 or $200 
uh, in advance just for signing up for direct deposit. So if they can do that for the average American, how do we not have people in D.C. running our government to understand that when you tell the Iranian government, uh, who, again, uh, believes that Israel is a military base, not a country, uh, that they have a check coming in the mail for $6 billion, that they're not going to try to divert that cash towards other activities that undermine America and destabilize the region. So, yes, uh, we have to get tough with Iran. Uh, we should have never given them the aid. We should have never tried to get into a, a nuclear deal, even though Barack Obama and the Adam Schiff's of the world told us that somehow it would be a good thing. So, no, uh, you cannot continue to negotiate uh, with terrorists. Uh, as we keep telling the Palestinian people, you cannot send terrorists to a table for peace and expect to get different results. So this is the moment where we must say never again. We're not going to continue to do the same stupid things and expect different results. And I think if you listen to what Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu is saying, I think that he has had enough as well. Well, look, with, with, with Iran and this money um... – you know, there are, there is a move in Congress to try to put together some bill to repurpose that to direct that money, even though they'll say, oh, it's Iranian, it's Iran's money to redirect that to Israel to help fund the effort to fight back, protect themselves and rebuild after this after this terrorist attack. But uh, here's Secretary Ant Anton uh, Blinken, Secretary Blinken on MSNBC talking about this topic. Cut 19. The money in question, Iranian money, not American taxpayer dollars, is money that was allowed to accrue in a bank account from the sale of Iranian oil. And that mechanism, allowing Iran to accrue the money, to get the money and have it in an account, was established by the Trump administration. Now, the account that it was established in, in South Korea, for technical reasons, uh, Iran was having trouble actually using the funds, which it's always been allowed to use for humanitarian purposes, under our sanctions, under our laws. Yeah, uh, humanitarian purposes. Uh, wh what makes us think that the money would be solely used for that? And if you don't have the humanitarian expenses, then you freeze up more money to be able to use for terrorist activities. I mean, this is the oldest joke in the book, right? Two teenagers go out. One kid gets the, fa the father's ATM card. The other one got $40 cash. They're supposed to go to the game. So one person uses the cash at the bar. The other person uses the card at the game. It's not very difficult to understand that money is fungible, uh, that once you give people money, they can barter to do whatever they want to do with those resources. So, yes, I, I think that we have unserious people down in D.C., the same people who tell us our border is secure are the same people who are trying to tell us Iran was not involved, even though even the people down there at the Wall Street Journal, and uh, they recognize that Iran was most likely involved in the planning and the execution of this. So, look, it, it's just common sense. And now we have to worry about the fact that we're on the precipice of not one, not two, but potentially three wars. When you look at what's happening there with Iran and Hezbollah and the aid that we know is likely provided, when you look at China laying in wait over there in Taiwan as more and more weakness from this Biden administration comes to the forefront, and the horror that we have to at least acknowledge, which is that that open southern border where we've had over 160 people on the terrorist watch list apprehended, not including whoever might be amongst the, the gotaways, over 1.5 million since Joe Biden has been president, uh, that is a real cr critical issue for the American people to be confronting. And certainly, if all accounts from what you listen to Blinken and Mayorkas say every single day, 
they don't take it seriously, and they have no idea uh, the potential horror that they have unleashed on the American people. Joe Pinion, thanks for joining us on Fox Across America. We do appreciate it, and um, and thanks, everybody. Stay safe out there, particularly in New York, um, where I, I think a lot of people are very nervous uh, about the day. So, Joe Pinion, thank you again. Thank you again. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, I'm Jason Chaffetz, filling in for Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is filming a special for Fox Nation, a stand-up special. It's happening tonight in Long Island, out in Huntington, New York, at the Paramount Theater. I don't know if there are any tickets available, because I think this thing is sold out. So be careful, might want to call in advance. But nevertheless, I appreciate Jimmy letting me uh, fill, fill in for him. So much happening in the news, somber news, hard news, difficult news. We have the... What's happening in Israel. And so let me go around the horn on just a few other uh, situations and stories that are happening out there, not doing them justice. And again, when it comes to war, death, uh, missing Americans, Americans potentially held hostage, uh, dead Americans, that that is obviously first and foremost at the top of it. Top of the heap. We also have the speaker's race. Um, Members of the House of Representatives are now still meeting in what's called HC5 down in the basement of the Capitol, uh, further discussing. You have Austin Scott from Georgia who's put his name in to potentially be speaker. Jim Jordan has put his name back in in the ring there. There'll be, I think, some sort of vote coming out of that. Um, and whether or not they decide to go to the floor or not go to the floor. By the way, I don't understand why our Speaker Pro Tem, um, you know, the Speaker uh, who's filling in, uh, Patrick McHenry out of North Carolina, I don't understand why, if that is in the rules package and there is a Speaker Pro Tem, why can't they act as if the Speaker is not there? That was the whole purpose of it. I don't understand why he can't bring the resolution that they want to in a very bipartisan way uh, to condemn what happened um, with the attacks there by Hamas on uh, Israel. Nevertheless, Uh, another thing that caught my eye in the news, uh, Jonathan Turley, uh, Fox News contributor, one of the smartest legal minds out there. You know, they have now charged Senator Bob Menendez, the Democrat um, from uh, Senator from New Jersey, as a foreign agent, but it also kind of begs the question, <clears throat> if you're going to charge him as a foreign agent, why didn't you charge Hunter Biden? I mean, all the evidence is there. How can you not, how can you not do that? <clears throat> Pardon me. Why, why? How is it that you can do one and not the other? And I don't understand why if Senator Bob Menendez was best representing the interests of Egypt as opposed to the United States, why is he not charged with treason? Like, <clears throat> I don't understand that. I, I I seriously don't understand that. Other thing that was pointed out in the Wall Street Journal is this letter by the University of Florida President Ben Sass. Now, Ben Sass used to be a senator. He does know how to write. He is wicked smart, very smart, authoring this letter, putting in perspective what happened <clears throat> with what's going on in, in Israel. And um, he, it's an amazing letter. 
you want to see how a letter should be framed compared to the Ivy League and everything they've done. I think it's it's absolutely it's just it's fascinating. Um, the other thing that's in the news: an ex IRS contractor making a plea, pleading guilty in leaking the Trump tax returns. That's something that normally we'd probably spend a little bit more time on. And then you have Senator Marsha Blackburn, the senator, suggesting that they repurpose the $6 billion in supposedly frozen Iranian funds. And using those, repurposing those, that might be a better use of money to give that over to Israel, make that unilateral call. Lots happening in the world. Somehow, some way, you know what? Godspeed with the men and women in the United States military who are fighting to make sure that we're safe and protected. And all those people on the front lines today and first responders. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll start with the terror watch list numbers. Fiscal year 2023 so far, 151 people on the FBI's terror watch list have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while they were crossing illegally here at our southern border. That is the highest number on record. It's also higher than the previous six years combined. The highest number under Trump was six. We got 151 this year so far. Now, the Biden administration says, well, that shows they're catching more people, right? Not exactly. We'll talk about the gotaways. CBP sources telling us since President Biden took office, there have been well over 1.5 million known gotaways at our southern border. These are illegal immigrants who are crossing the border and are seen on cameras or sensors, but Border Patrol doesn't have the manpower to get to them, so they successfully get into the United States without capture. That's Bill Malusian on America's Newsroom on Fox News. I'm Jason Chief. It's filling in for Jimmy. And uh, this number of people coming across our border is just stunning. And the Border Patrol, the ICE agents, it's just unbelievable. The people that are tasked with doing a job to protect America, protect our border, they're not allowed to do it. And nobody knows that better than our next guest, Tom Homan, former acting ICE director, visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and a Fox News contributor and an all-around good guy, I might add. Tom Homan, thanks for joining us on Fox Across America. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. I mean, those numbers, when you hear those numbers and see those, I mean, you got to believe that they're even higher than that because those are just the people we caught. Yeah, you know, that's in, I've, been, I've been screaming about this for two years. The biggest concern on the southern border, look, it's a fentanyl, right? And it's a trafficking of women and children for, you know, sexual You know, but what's, what's my biggest concern, I've been screaming about two years, is the national security implication in this. Look, yeah. the border patrol is overwhelmed. Every sector, 70 to 90% of agents are off the line, changing diapers, making baby formula, processing, taking people to the bus station, the airport. That is just a stone-cold fact. As a matter of fact, the other day in Eagle Pass, I talked to two agents in Eagle Pass. They were so overwhelmed that people had in custody, they pulled every single agent off the line. 200 miles of border without a single uniform. Now, you don't think the cartels had a field day with that. Now, we're, the, those, his number, I, I think, is higher. It's actually 1.7 million gotaways based on my inside sources at CBP. But think about this. That's what we know got away. There's a whole population of people we don't know who got away because a lot of a lot of pieces of the border have no technology, have no drone, have no uh, uh, sensors. 
So there's a like Big Bend sector, a huge sector in, in, in Texas, has very little technology. So we can have thousands of people going through there every day. We wouldn't know it. So the Godaway scared the hell out of me. Tell me, understand this. So you have a, mo- a removal operations. Um, who are they removing at this point, or is there just nobody? They're, they're removing very, very few. Matter of fact, the border patrol the other day, uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, they had eleven thousand apprehensions in twenty-four hours. Eleven thousand. You know how many people repatriated? One hundred nineteen. 119 out of 11,000. ICE isn't going to remove us. Their removals are down over 80% from the Trump years. And let me add this. I, I, I forgot. Let me just add this for the special interest aliens, right? I said 1.7 million gotaways. What the people need to understand, after 9-11, we created all these databases, right? The TSA no-fly list, the FBI screening database, the visa security program, which I used to run. We prevented thousands of people from getting a visa, like the 9-11 terrorists did, from coming to the United States because of the vetting and the background checks. But those all three little systems mean nothing nowadays because what terrorist is going to put himself in a position to be vetted by getting an airline ticket or a visa when they can simply get to Mexico and cross and pay the cartels a little bit more money and come across like the other 1.7 million did? People need to understand I don't know how many terrorists have gotten in this country, but someday we're going to find out. It's going to be a bad day for America, Jason. The gotaways are huge. And, and the, the unknown gotaways could actually be bigger than 1.7. This is the biggest national security theory I've seen in this country since 9-11. God help us. Yeah, even if we do know who they are, let's say you come in, you fingerprint them or give them a, take their picture, you still don't know. This guy's 22 years old. You don't know what his intent is or what he's trying to do. You know, for a while there, they would say, oh, it's just women and children. But you watch the video. These are like 20 age, 20, you know, single males in their 20s. I mean. Single, single military age, single males account for over 70 percent of people crossing the border right now. We've had over 20,000 Chinese that were arrested. How many weren't arrested? Military age. But you're right on the vetting. When, when the secretary sits up there and says, well, we vet these people. They need to understand most of these countries, these third world nations, there is no system we can we can contact Mauritania all we want or Uzbekistan. They don't have the systems we have, so we will check NCIC. We'll check I, the state systems here. We'll check DOD intel databases. But unless they were encountered on a, a battlefield, we don't know who the hell they are. And any, any sense of vetting or, or background check is useless because these countries don't have these type of systems or this technology. So what do you say to the people who say, well, th- what this proves here, Tom, is that we have to have comprehensive immigration reform? You know, I, I'm so sick of hearing that. Look, we didn't have comprehensive immigration reform under President Trump, but we had the most secure border in my lifetime. Illegal immigration was at a 45-year low. Illegal immigration was down 83 to 90 percent because we had a president who was strong. We had a president that thought out of the box, talked to the experts, guys on the border who spent decades. I, I, I had many conversations with Trump when I was working with him. He thought out of the box. He did what he did, which was a game changer. You don't need comprehensive immigration reform. What you need to secure the border. Now, if you wanted some sort of comprehensive immigration reform, uh, fine and dandy. Like, that's up to Congress, and I don't think it's going to happen in this Congress because all the infighting. But we need to stop the bleed. We need to stop the flood. We need to secure the border. That should be top on everybody's list. The, t- the national security aspect shouldn't be a partisan issue. Every Democrat and every senator, you know, every Republican, I would say, look, we need to secure the border. That we can't have national security 
without border security. And we don't have border security unless we get in, in, in interior enforcement. ICE isn't arresting anybody. I talk to ICE agents every day who have nothing to do. The Secretary of Homeland Security has told ICE, if the guy's just here illegally, don't bother with him. It's not a priority, not a target. So ICE has got nothing to do. They're not removing anybody. Both children are moving very, very few. We got to stop the breed. We got to secure the border. The, our, our nation's safety is at stake. And I'm telling you, it's something, you know, I, I hate to say it, but something's coming. But you can't prevent it. If you think out of 1.7 million, not a single one of them came from a country sponsoring terror to came here to do us harm, then you're a fool. You, have, you, it's, you, you just got to play the odds. So, you know, again, let, we've got to secure the border. This is huge, especially what just happened in Israel. They penetrated their most sophisticated wall system. Actually, some of the technology is better than ours because they're fighting for their lives every day in their existence. If they can penetrate Israel like they did, think about the dangers in our southern border where, where 70 to 90 percent of agents aren't even on the line. We're much more vulnerable than Israel is. Again, out of 35 years, I've never been more concerned about the safety of this nation than I am right now. And that says a lot. We're talking to Tom Homan, the former acting ICE director, dedicated his life and his career to law enforcement and uh, and protecting our borders and we appreciate you doing that i you know one thing that is just so frustrating is the president and again the democrats will say oh we need we need new laws we need to change the laws well if they want comprehensive immigration reform there was one once upon a time where obviously the majority of the house and the senate passed into law why is it that we can't just enforce the law right now on the books explain to people when you don't come through a port of entry, which is the, the play by the drug cartels, right? Just run them all through the middle as opposed to claiming asylum through a, through a port of entry. You're supposed to be apprehended and deported, correct? You're absolutely right. That's a great point. Look, people don't understand. If we enforce laws currently on the books, we solve the problem. Because the law clearly says an arriving alien without proper documentation or clearance, which is every one of these people coming across the border, illegal aliens, you're, you shall be detained. You sh- you're supposed to be detained. Catch and release is, is contrary to the written laws enacted by Congress. And if you stop catch and release, you solve a big part of the problem because people need to understand, if you're in a, a nice detention facility and you want a hearing, an asylum hearing, you get a hearing within 35 days. However, when they release you, it could be five to seven years. And in five to seven years, you're going to have two USC kids. You're going to have equities. And then even Republican senators will call you and say, hey, why would you remove that guy with two USC kids? And, and you know, we, we detain people that get here in 35 days. If they win the asylum, congratulations, you're here. If you don't, we can immediately remove you. The Homeland Security Life Cycle Report, which is produced by the Department of Homeland Security every year, says this. If you're in ICE detention, you get an order of removal. You're removed 99% of the time. If you're not in detention, and if, for instance, you're a family group, you leave 6% of the time, 6%. People need to understand, based on immigration court data right now, nearly 9 out of 10 people that claim asylum at the border never get relief from U.S. courts because they simply don't qualify. So that 9 out of 10, what happens to them? Well, this administration knows if you, if you, if you have catch and release, they, they have the same data points I have. Okay, 9 out of 10 is going to lose and get order removal. But if we don't detain them, they're not going to leave. That's why they're releasing them. That's why they're not detaining them. ICE has thousands, thousands of empty beds right now already paid for by the taxpayer, about 127 bucks a night. But they'd rather put them in a hotel room in New York City for 500 bucks a night because they're not detained. They won't leave. Wow. 
Tom Holman, thank you for joining us on Fox Across America. It knows a lot about the topic, and I love the passion and the belief, and the it, and it's got to be so frustrating. Somebody who put decades in to see it all. Well, just I got a lot of, of work to do in January 2025. Cause when Trump gets back in the White House, I'm coming back, and I'm going to run the largest deportation operation you've ever seen. <laughs> there we go. Tom Holman, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. University of Wisconsin protesters chanting glory to the murderers. This is literally what's happening on some of the college campuses around the country. The craziness and the support for people to commit terrorist attacks by murdering people is absolutely stunning. I want to play this clip 23. This is um, pro-Palestinian protesters at Hunter College. Uh, Lawrence Jones from uh, Fox News was out there talking to some of them. Listen to what he came back with. Why are you here today? Uh, free Palestine. I stand with the Palestinian people unequivocally. I support decolonization and liberation of Palestinian people and the end of a mass genocide in the Gaza Strip. You're talking about the genocide of the kids being beheaded? That's false. That is actually false. When you see the kids that have been beheaded and the women that are raped, how do you feel about that? Ugh, I, I don't know where to start from that. Israel is notorious for creating propaganda that sides their one-sided massacre against Palestinians. That was already proven um, that didn't really happen. There was happen. not verified. Women did not get raped. No. I have I've not seen any proof of that. If it did happen, it I haven't seen it. Like they get attacked for no reason. The children got attacked for no reason? The kids that were beheaded? Beheaded? Yeah, apparently. Like, that's what they were Jewish kids. Wait, Jewish kids? The U.S. military money that goes there, $4 billion a year, should stop going to Israel to support their war crimes. Wow. That is, again, some of the craziness that's happening um, and the way people are actually lasting, lashing out. That was at Hunter College in New York City. Let's listen to Cut 26. This is Jake Tapper on CNN. This does, these last few days have been a real uh, eye-opening period for a lot of people, a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives, in terms of anti-Semitism on the left. A lot of people who seem more shocked at dehumanizing language uh, used by world leaders to describe Hamas than what Hamas actually perpetrated on Saturday. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Jake, Jake Tapper's uh, take on that. Um, let's listen to Willie Geist. He's on uh, Morning Joe on the Harvard president not condemning student groups. This is cut 30. If you look at some of the other statements, the rallies we've seen even here in New York City in support of what's happening right now, what just happened yeah. in, in Israel, the massacre of, of civilians, um, it's, it's hard to see how it wouldn't be uh, easy and quick for a university president to come out and condemn that immediately. What's what are you equivocating on? What's the question in your heart? You're worried about offending somebody. We're talking about the slaughter of civilians. This one should be easy. Some things are hard. This one should be easy to condemn. 
It should be easy to condemn, but uh, you could got to look at uh, uh, Ben Sass, the former senator from Nebraska, now the University of Florida president, as highlighted in the Wall Street Journal. Really, if you want to see something articulated with clarity, moral clarity, uh, that's the way to do it. Um, Because it is unbelievable how so many on the left want to condemn free speech, suppress it, and then want to use their own free speech to go out and lash out and do so in a way that really is supportive of killing people. It, it's just stunning to me. And some of the, it certainly goes to some of the leaders. Representative Rashida Tlaib, the Democrat from Michigan, was on Capitol Hill. Uh, Hillary Vaughn from Fox News tried to get a response from her. Uh, about the terrorist attacks that happened there in in Israel. But listen to this on Cut 25 on her kind of silence in response. Terrorists have um, cut off babies' heads and burned children alive. Do you support Israel's rights to defend themselves against this brutality? We're just going to go through there. You can't comment about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads. Do you condone... What Hamas has done, chopping off babies' heads, burning children alive, raping women in the street. You have no comment about children's heads being chopped off? Wow. Uh, Absolutely stunning that the congresswoman could not utter a word when you're talking about somebody being killed, somebody being slaughtered. Somebody innocent, not in a war, literally at a dance festival or just being there. It's it's just stunning to me. Let's go to cut to defense, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. This is no time for neutrality or for false equivalence or for excuses for the inexcusable. There is never any justification for terrorism. And that's especially true after this rampage by Hamas. And anyone who wants lasting peace and security for this region must condemn and isolate Hamas. That's true. That has to happen. And, I, you know, we have to also be careful and vigilant on what's happening on the northern border of Israel with Hezbollah, who has quite the history of committing its own set of terrorist attacks. Unfortunately, a Reuters uh, a video journalist um, was killed today uh, trying to record and, and show and live stream uh, what was going on there in Lebanon. And our hearts and prayers and thoughts go out to, to him as, as well, trying to bring the world the view of what's happening. We're not talking about dozens. We're talking about thousands of people that are affected here. Now, the Israelis have moved in. Uh, over the border with Gaza with some limited uh, targeted um, operations. But certainly this is going to go on for some time. And it's difficult to watch. It's hard to watch. This idea of, oh, we just need to lay down our arms. I don't buy into that at all. You need to root out the problem. These people are who they say they they are. And until you take out Hamas and Hezbollah, this problem will continue. Stay with us here on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Boy, it's Friday the 13th in October. Wow. Uh, Lots happening in the world. Uh, It's hard because a lot of hard stuff's happening right now. Um, we're, I'm thrilled to have this, uh, our next guest. Uh, she is the attorney general of Florida. Her name is Ashley Moody, but I'm going to start by reading a tweet that she put out. Uh, what do we call a tweet? An X, whatever earlier, uh, today in the 10 days since Congress has not had a speaker, 100,000 immigrants that we know of have poured across our Southern border. Americans are on edge and for good reason. Our national security is of paramount importance. No member of Congress should leave Washington until they elect the Speaker and deal with the urgent matters our nation is facing. Amen to that. Ashley Moody, Attorney General, thank you for joining us on Fox Across America. Of course. Amen. Good to be with you, Jason. (laughs) Expand on that thought because um, every state's a border state these days. The inflow of, of illegal immigrants is just absolutely stunning. The numbers are so big, and it really, I mean, you're right, the last 10 days, 100,000 more have just poured in. Yeah, the numbers are astounding. And, and you know, when Biden first got in office and Mayorkas uh, started breaking down the security at our border, you know, Florida was warning, and I, of course, started litigating uh, that they were not following the law. They were mass releasing, num- like, an enormous amount of people and these are just the people we're encountering, not the millions that we don't catch or intercept at the border. And, you know, time and time again, as I litigated and won, as you know, when Title 42 was expiring, they were illegally mass releasing people. We would we won repeatedly. The problem with Biden and Mayorkas is it's like trying to contain a blob. Because they refuse to be confined by moral or legal codes or constructs. Anytime we get a court that comes in and says, what you're doing is illegal, you cannot mass release people, most of them you know, barely vetted, if at all, into the U.S., it's illegal, then they will change the title, vaguely change the policy, change the way they're implementing it, or implement it in a way that's just pure form, not function. And so they're like the ultimate shapeshifters. You know, they just kind of meander around any sort of constructs that we're trying to hold them accountable with the law on purpose. And I've been warning about this for months and years now, that this is not just about you know infrastructure issues and taxpayer burdens, which as you see play out in Chicago right, and right. New York and Massachusetts, that's a problem. This is we don't know who's coming in. It's a security problem. I mean, even the people they are encountering, not just the gotaways, not just the ones that we never see. I mean, they even released somebody they intercepted that was on the terrorist watch list, and the guy was headed to Florida, came to Florida. Wow. So. As we are all on edge on what we're seeing happened in Israel, I mean, these surprise, horrible, barbaric attacks, the reality is what Florida has been saying for two years is, is it has happened here because of Biden, because of Mayorkas. There are now millions of people in the United States that we haven't even intercepted because of their policies. There are those we have intercepted, and we really don't know who they are. And they're here in the United States right now. And just to play this out to give you the magnitude of what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yes, just in the time we haven't had a speaker, uh, 100,000 would have crossed that we would have encountered. That doesn't include gotaways. It doesn't include those we don't see. 
But if you extrapolate out the amount of people that have been encountered just since Biden took office, because as a court said, he has flashed a come on in, we're open sign at our border. By the time he's through his first term, just the amount of people that we would have encountered and majority are mass released into the U.S. will outpace the population of all but six of our states. Wow. That, that is crazy. That is absolutely a stunning number. Um, I, I don't understand why the Biden-Harris administration and certainly Secretary Marcus, why don't they just enforce the current law? I mean, you'd think that that would be an easy ask, but... I want to do. I want to play this flashback. This is from. This is cut thirty six. This is Joe Biden back in two thousand seven in Iowa, and his perspective back then in two thousand seven. Cut thirty six. So I think what you have to do is you have to have a significant increase in the security at the border, including limited elements where you actually have a fence, not a fence three thousand miles like these folks are talking about. But you've got to, there are certain places, people can go over and under a fence, but you can't take 100 kilos of cocaine over and under a fence. And what you do when you have limited places where fences are in populated areas, you force these drug dealers and others around, making it easier to apprehend because there's fewer places to come through. So I think the combination of virtual fencing, some fencing, additional, um, additional border patrol is important. Hmm. <laughs> Quite a difference. It seems a little different now, doesn't it? Yeah. Your thoughts on his previous well, first position. First and foremost, as, as I, when we talk to my, our team about how we're going to strategize and, and litigate and push back on this administration, you have to be cognizant that this president is, is a, a shell of his former self. And to be clear, I am confident that he has radical agenda-driven people in his inner circle, driving him much to, with his complicity. Please do not get me wrong, but the ability of that of that man, our president, to push back on these these handlers that are now in his administration. I, I think the the person you heard on that clip compared to the person we oh, see in here yeah. today to now is very different. But yeah. look at what he has put in place now. Not only did he start leaving materials to rot at the border. I've been to the border twice. I've been to the border with our governor. I've seen rotting materials that they just wasted money. So in addition to not doing anything to build any sort of border wall or, and, and do the opposite, break down security, he has built other programs to bring hundreds of thousands of people directly by plane and other forms circumventing the border. And his own CB, the, his own internal watchdog in CBP has found that what they have done has made it easier for terrorists on the watch list to continue to pour in, and it and, and potential terrorists, and it threatens the national security and public safety. That was the watchdog within the Department of Homeland Security. They found yeah. that two months ago. I listen. I am glad that we have people like you that have significant positions um, who can actually go out there and affect the change and take the fight and and take the legal argument to them. So, I wish we had more time. I really don't. But um, Ashley Moody, she's the Florida Attorney General, who's actually, 
I think, just doing a fabulous job and paying keen attention to this and calling out the administration for really what's going on and not going on. So, again, um, Madam Attorney General, thank you for joining us on Fox Across America. Thank you. Great to be with you. So um, before we uh, go to commercial break, I want you to stick around because um, Jimmy's coming up. He pre-recorded this. He's, he's going to be out at the Paramount on, in Huntington, New York, out on Long Island. He's recording a special for Fox Nation. Um, you might be able to go to this show. He may be sold out. I want to check in with him, but he's recording that. But he had a little discussion with his son, Lincoln, talking a little bit about his upcoming show, talking a little bit about football. Uh, I'm Jason Chaffetz. I really do appreciate the opportunity to fill in for Jimmy. Hope he's got another special or gets sick soon. Um, that would be really good because I'd love to fill in. Always an honor. Great staff here at uh, Fox Thank you. Stay with us. It is Friday. You know what that means. We have to take the show back over Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is game day in more ways than one. I, of course, am heading out to the Paramount on Long Island to film my one-hour stand-up comedy special tonight. But joining me in studio with the jersey on, a man who is cutting class but will be taking the field tomorrow for the mighty Clark Rams. Number 64, the captain, Lincoln Fela, is here. Hey, man. What's up? Uh, listen, man, great to see you. But first and foremost, uh, we do have to give a shout-out uh, to Jason Chaffetz, who did a phenomenal job filling in today on the show. Wrong. Oh, come on. We love Chaffetz. Lincoln being tough. Being tough on the Utah crowd. Uh, we'll get to me in a minute. More importantly, because nobody can bet on a stand-up special, but they can bet on the Rams. How did the Rams look in practice this week? Good. You guys feel good coming off another win? So it's three yeah. in a row. Back-to-back shutouts. Last week, Floral Park. We only let up 12. Uh, last week, <laughs> if you were watching last week's game uh, on Instagram, uh, you might have seen a certain defensive end uh, doing qu- quite a dance when he ended the game uh, by hitting the quarterback and getting him to throw an incomplete pass. Do you have anything to say about that? Uh I got to work on the celebrations. <laughs> no, your celebrations look good, man. I think you guys look good so far. But it's a big day. The Rams are heading to where? Glen Cove. Oh, Glen Cove. What is their mascot? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. They might not even have one after today. They might quit. The other, day, the other team's cheerleaders didn't even show up the other day. Really? Yeah, is that DeMar? I mean, you don't notice because you're there playing the games. But I think you guys have a reputation now. Like the chillers, they're like, I'm not getting on the bus. This is going to be bad. So the Clark Rams are 4-1, and one, and we're heading up against who? Glen Cove. I mean, uh, <laughs> Jimmy. And I get on the air every day, and I'm like, you know, Biden's losing his marbles. The guy, I'm telling you, the guy's not good. No, my head is uh, everywhere else. Uh, folks, if you're listening right now, I basically took a timeout from prepping for the t- special tonight. And uh, there's a lot of promos to shoot, as you would imagine, Lincoln. Probably a lot of makeup, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, butter me up real nice, put on some spandex, make me suck it in. <laughs> They've yelled at me five times. They're like, no eating today, fats. But uh, I am uh, taking a timeout from the preparation because every Friday me and Lincoln talk sports, preview the game, and we didn't want to break with the process. We even made it to Fred's Deli this morning, right? Yep. Pound for pound, best deli anywhere on the planet. If you're listening, you're anywhere in the tri-state area, go to Fred's Deli. They're just the best. Uh, But me and Lincoln here have uh, bigger fish to fry at the moment. So you had a good week in practice. You're on a three-game winning streak. You're 4-1 and on the year. Uh, what do we know? What do we know about Glen Cove? We don't know their mascot, but do we know anything about who they've played? Do we know anything about how Clark? 
<laughs> He's such a tough guy today. Uh, they're not Clark. That's what we know. Did you guys watch game film? Not on them, no. No? Did you guys watch your game film? Yeah. Did you get any, like, did you coach anything nice? Like, uh, like well, we it was a sloppy game, but, like, good job from the defensive line and stuff. Did but. he? I mean, you guys did dominate the line of scrimmage. It was another rainy game. Like, every one of your games has been a monsoon. We're a hundred and... I think eight to twelve. Is that what you are? In the rain. <laughs> oh, oh, score wise. Yeah, yeah, because it was eighty six nothing. That would and make then twenty sense. to twelve. Yeah, so, so fourteen six. A hundred and six wow. to twelve. Dude, your math is so much better than mine. That's a bad sign. <laughs> hey, Nassau community. Uh, Lincoln Fail is in studio. It is Friday. We just took the ball back from the great Jason Chaffetz. We're talking football. So based on nothing, guys. Everyone listening at home, like most of your predictions so far, have been based on insight. We know these guys played those guys. We did this and that. Glenn Cove, all we know. They have a nice high school. That's most of the, the most of the advanced scouting I can give you. You know when we go driving on the North Shore uh, that we always pass their high school in that town. It's a really nice town, big brick school like most. Uh, I don't have a lot of intel to offer the audience here. I feel bad, uh, but I guess you're going to make a prediction. What is it? 35-12. Ooh, you think Glenn no, wait, Co- no, we don't we don't kick extra points. Hold up. You guys go for two a lot. Yeah. They go for two a lot. They also... 30, go ahead. 32-12. 32-12. Uh, and they two things they need to know about the Clark Rams. They go for two a lot. They onside kick a lot. But they recover it a lot. You guys have a good – I mean, how much time do you spend practicing that? Not a ton. Really? Yeah. Huh. Lincoln Fela in studio. <laughs> it's a big Friday. He's got the Rams winning 35-12 to over Glen Cove. Uh, what else do we got going on in sports this weekend? Your Pittsburgh Steelers not playing. Mm-hmm. First in the division. They are right now, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up, it was a big win over the over the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That was big. Uh, and the Phillies won last night. And now we got Mike. Well, I called. I said it was either going to be Rangers or Phillies or Dodgers in the World Series. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen, if you pick every team, you're going to get one of them right. <laughs> it's like it's either the Diamondbacks, Braves, Dodgers, Rangers, Phillies, Twins, or Astros. Uh, listen, man, the Phillies are riding high. They beat the Braves two years in a row, and that fan base is fired up. Like, the Phillies are the only ones. No one's talking about how the Rangers have put up, like, eight runs a game, though. Oh, the KTBB listeners are fired up. But you know what the Rangers' problem is? What? Their bullpen. You know who's in the bullpen? Who? Aroldis Chapman. Oh, God. Nobody. Oh, and he plays Houston. Yes. No. Yeah, he's got to play the Astros. And nobody blows a big save like Aroldis Chapman. But- Against the Astros. But how good do former Yankees do once they leave? <laughs> a lot of them do. But Chapman, I got to tell you, man, he's such a bad big game pitcher. Like, he was the closer on the Cubs when they finally won the World Series. But they wouldn't have won the World Series. He blew the, the World Series clinching save against the Indians, let up a grand slam to the catcher, and then the game won extra innings, and the Cubs wound up winning it. But he was out of the game by then. And we've seen him blow so many games for the Yankees, including the, the walk-off home run to Altuve. Well, Altuve knew what pitch was coming. There's that. <laughs> they were uh, a small matter of the Astros stealing signs. Uh, so give my KTBB listeners a prediction. Do you think the Astros can get Rangers get, in six. Whoa! Lincoln buttering up the East Texas crowd because he's coming back in December. How fired up are you to go back to East Texas? Fired up. 
What's the most exciting? Well, I'm gonna thing? wear a Jalen Hurts jersey to the game or a Jalen Hurts shirt. Yeah, and they're gonna beat you up and throw you out of the stadium. He's not gonna do that. Don't listen to him. What's the most exciting thing about going to Texas? Really quick. I mean, there are like certain benchmarks. You think so? Definitely better than the people, right? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> He's laughing. Uh, Texas is, for us, it's become a real ritual because we get out at DFW. We drive right to where? Bucky's. We go right to Bucky's. And we've been to Bucky's at some win. Me and Lincoln went to Bucky's, just he and I. It was like two in the morning, right? Yeah. Real winners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we fit right in. We're like, wow, everyone here is nuts. And then we just we looked around. I was like, I've never felt more at home in my life. It was great. Uh, we eat all the, the club sandwiches, the Bucky's fries, all the good stuff. The chips. That's what they are, the chips. And then you can get a chocolate-covered grenade launcher. You can get pretty much anything you want from Bucky's. We love Bucky's. And then we got to get back to the tavern and everything else going on in Texas. They feed you good in Texas. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Randall makes some ribs. Yeah. Pound for pound, the best homemade rib you've ever eaten? Mm-hmm. Randall, if you're listening, this Bud's for you. Can you say this Bud's for you anymore? Is that an insult? I think it's an insult. He just called me a, a man lady. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be saying this Bud's for you. I just insulted the whole crowd. It's not good. Uh, well, Lincoln Phil, everybody's fired up to see an action this weekend. I, of course, will be seeing two of you on the field because it's going to get pretty rowdy at this stand-up special tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm gonna be in bad shape. I mean, I am so people like, you excited for the show? I'm like, no, you know what I'm excited to do. Eat after the show. I've been, I mean, I, I actually lost like 15, 20 pounds because uh, I was eating a lot of Greek yogurt. It was sad, uh, but I had to do it. It's a 17 camera shoot link, man. You got to suffer for your art. Mm-hmm. Do you think I gain it all back in one week or two? Three. <laughs> You're giving me the benefit of the mm-hmm. doubt here. Uh, well, you got to get back to school. Uh, big shout out for the link, man. Uh, you know him, you love him. The Rams, what, 35 12? Yep. All right, get on the field. Make us proud, Link, man. And I will do my best to make this crowd proud. On stage tonight at the Paramount, filming my one-hour special. You'll see it on Fox Nation a little bit later in the year. But do you really want to? (laughs) Yes, you do. The show's over. Pay up, get out, have a great weekend. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. don't be a Jimmy Fallon. Get him out of here. Get him out. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.